I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. Welcome into Football and Other F-Words. My name is Zach Lyons. You can follow me on Twitter at F-WordsPod. It's a solo show today, sort of. Now, I know that I said that I thought that the co-host was going to be able to come this week, but life is a fickle bitch sometimes, and you, you just don't always get what you want. So life lesson, co-host still coming, just not on today's episode. And in fact, I'm not even going to promise when they're going to come. I'm actually just going to keep doing the pods like I've been doing, and it'll just be a total and utter surprise when the co-host is announced. So... Football and other F-words is brought to you by Jaspers, the next evolution of Sports Bar. I am telling you right now, you have to go to Jaspers as soon as you can before the end of the month, which is just a few days away, by the way. We have a game coming up, you know, in, in this weekend, and I put out a contest. You got to remember that I put out a contest saying that if you go take a picture and of your food and your beer, or you having a good time there, or whatever, but food and beer, save your receipt, and tag in the picture, not in the picture, not in the picture, let me rephrase, tag us in the tweet, Jaspers, at Jaspers Nash, and at Pod, and you'll be entered into a random drawing to get up to $50 of your bar tab covered, not including tips, so that's why you gotta save your receipt. If you go on a game day, it's up to $75, same principle. So you have to go there. You have to go get the the salads there. The wings are delicious. They got good cold beer. They got all kinds of creative cocktails and, and frozen drinks. You have to go. It's, it's basically you get to win a couple of t- different ways. You get to win because you're going to a sports bar. You get to win because you got good food and alcohol. You get to win... Because it's classy looking. You know, you don't have to wear a suit and tie or anything. Just wear a shirt, shorts, flip-flops. You can get away with that. But if you go, you can have a good time. You can take your significant other out to a nice dinner and watch the game and feel like you're in a sports bar. It is hopping. And you got to get there for lunch. So, head on over to Jasper's Nashville. You'll love it. I swear by it. It is 100% Zach Lyons guaranteed. So on today's show, we're going to do things a little different. I do have two guests. We pre-recorded uh, clips with Trajan Watkins at BroadwaySportsMedia.com where we talk about what he's seen at camp, what he's seen at the preseason games because he's actually been boots on the ground at camp for Broadway Sports Media. And then we also are going to talk to Easton Freeze about the Broadway Insider, the relaunch, Broadway Sports Media 2.0, which is a podcast network that we're on. It's a project that I hold near and dear to my heart that I help get off the ground. And there is a new, basically, power structure trying to get it to be the, not only has it been the best, but get it even better for you guys. And of course, I'm brought to you by 440 Sports Media. You got to go check out all their pods. Go over to the 440 Sports YouTube page, hit subscribe, turn on notifications because not only do you get to see me twice a week on a football show and interact with us 
and with me and Braden Gall on all these football topics, you actually also get hockey podcasts, hockey clips, SEC clips, SEC interviews with coaches and players and and media members, and then you got lamestream media, then you got club and country, you got all kinds of stuff. So there's all kinds of stuff happening right now that I'm involved with, and you love me, and that's really what it's all about. It's all about me. So let's get into a topic of conversation that I'm I'm really starting to come back full circle. At the beginning of the offseason, when mock drafts are happening and this or that, offensive line was always projected to the Tennessee Titans. Whether it was a guard, whether it was a tackle, first round usually had us taking an offensive lineman. My thing has been that I want the best five there. So if that was Zion Johnson, who, is a, who was projected as a guard, and you put Dylan Radins at right tackle, that'd be fine with me. If it happened to be an offensive tackle, um, Trevor Pinning or Tyler Smith, not two unpopular names, but they're the names on top of my, my mind, then we put Dylan Radins at left guard. And that sparked a lot of debate, a lot of philosophical discussions, about what is Dylan Radins. And a lot of people cling to the fact that he's a right tackle or that he's even the eventual left tackle. I viewed him as a as a guard. There there you can go on Twitter, you can go on some podcasts and see me talk about it. In fact, I even brought it up again on Saturday's preseason game. And the reason I brought it up then was because Dylan Radins was absolutely terrible. I mean, you got you got people so enamored with forcing Dylan Radins to be a tackle that they're literally calling the play where he falls on his belly and looks like a beached whale flailing about. That, oh, he wasn't that big of a liability on that play. Against a, a better rusher, he's absolutely a liability. I mean... People are praising that he was so good against a rookie linebacker out of Auburn who's the second or the fourth or third string linebacker on the depth chart. And, oh, he looks great there. But then he's getting his butt whooped by some defensive lineman that nobody's ever heard of. Some of the defensive linemen that whipped his butt you have heard of. This is the same ones that whipped his ass last year against Tampa Bay as well. So I brought up the point that it's it's obvious to me, and it was now, based on comments and practice reps, obvious to the staff, that Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, NPF, is the right tackle. And he's the, the best choice for right tackle. Now, I said this on a football show on Monday, his floor may not be as high as Dylan Radin's currently, but as the season progresses, the floor will raise, and his ceiling is already way higher than Dylan Raiden's. So you might as well just go ahead and start him at that position. I say just start him week one, game one, let him roll, let him get all the reps, and just continue to be the, the guy that's on the rise because that's what he's been. He's been the guy who is winning the job while Dylan Radins is the guy that is not even concerned, it seems like, with losing the job, or 
he's actually still fooled himself into thinking that he's in it. So the Titans already think that he's a right tackle. NPF, that is, the starting right tackle. And that's, I think, is safe to say based on what they've said, what they've shown. So what do you do with Dylan Raines? And a few other people have said this with me back in May as well, maybe even April. But, oh, it may have been March. I don't know. I'm getting off track. Anyway, there's been a few people that have said it, and, and Braden has pounded the table about this particular subject, and I agree with him, that you're, you got to find a way to get your best five players on the field. And the best five offensive linemen, when you put them in the correct positions, is Taylor Lewan left tackle, Dylan Radins left guard, Ben Jones center, Nate Davis right guard, and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, right tackle. I get into the future implications of if Dylan Radins hits and at left guard and what that means for Aaron Brewer when I talk to Trajan Watkins later on in the show. So I'm not going to go into that because we do get into that in that conversation. What I am going to get into is the fact this is the best position for Dylan Raidens. It's his natural side. He's not a liability, as much a liability as he would be as a tackle. And it gives you a way to salvage the second round pick. Because ultimately, it shouldn't be about tackle and guard with some offensive linemen in the league. You could take Eric Flowers, for example. Eric Flowers is a great example of what Dylan Reigns could be, and I really just came up with that on the fly. That was a, is a moment of, ah. Oh. If you recall, Eric Flowers was a disastrous first-round pick as a tackle. He was terrible. He never could do anything right. He struggled to find the field as a tackle. It was... Horrendous. I mean, he was a running gag about everything that he did as a career. He was a joke of a career. He moves inside to guard. And now, even though he's still a free agent, every Titans fan has been clamoring, including myself, including Mike Herndon, including Braden Gall, including Buck Rising. I mean, pretty much everybody has been wanting them to sign Eric Flowers. And the reason why is because he went from tackle, where he sucked, and he tried both left and right tackle, and he sucked, and he went to guard, and he was actually really good and above-average starter. Now, you have to wonder, why is he still out there? We don't know. Maybe he's asking for too much money. Maybe he's injured, and we didn't know that. Either way, why can't the guy that was the bust of a right tackle and Dylan Radins follow that same career path. Because right now, he's not a left tackle. He's not a right tackle. The best way to salvage it is for him to stay a guard. And in all reality, people always want to go back and talk about the Nick Bosa game. He made Nick Bosa switch. You know, Nick Bosa, he was uh, over on the left side. And you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they had to move him over to, you know, David Questenberry. Look, that's all fine and good. But you still know who, even after Nick Bosa left, who allowed the most uh, pressures between the two? 
It David Questenberry allowed one the whole game. Dylan Radins allowed five, if I'm if I recall correctly. And what's even funnier about this whole thing is that primarily Nick Bosa he had 828 snaps on the defensive line. That includes end and outside linebacker. He played the majority of his snaps last year over the right tackle. 57% of his snaps were on were facing the right side of the offensive line. Only 43% were over on the left side. So this idea and there were plenty of games where he obviously has played both. Because if you have 57%, 43%, that's, that's pretty damn near an even split. So he plays both sides, but he primarily plays over the right tackle. So that wasn't anything out of the norm. That has nothing to do with Dylan Raidens. And in fact, he was less effective over against David Questenberry. So let me just debunk that rumor right there. That That is a junk... Junk way to look at things. He did not make Nick Bosa switch. More than likely, it was just always going to be Nick Bosa over on the right side. He splits time here. He splits time there. It, it's it's no big deal. But he primarily lines up on the on over the right tackle and the right side of the offensive line. Why not try to salvage this pick? That's my question to you. Why not try to salvage this pick and put him over the left guard? Why does he have to be the tackle? And why does he even have to be the tackle of the future? Because ultimately, if you got a second-round pick and he becomes your eventual starter for multiple years, does it matter if he was a tackle or a guard? Especially since you found NPF in the third round in this particular situation. As long as Dylan Radens finds a spot on the offensive line, that's still a successful second-round pick. So why does it matter if he's a guard or a tackle? Give him the best chance to succeed. Put him as a put him at a guard. And if you want to know, I think what happens to Aaron Brewer, you can stay tuned. And when I talk to Trey John Watkins, and listen, I may end up owing a few people apologies over this. You know, maybe Dylan Rain suddenly turns the lights on in year three, and he becomes a, a the left tackle of the future. But that ain't happening this year, and he's already losing his job to to a rookie that was drafted in the third round that was that's pretty much better than him in everything that you watch. So, you know, it's kind of like Des Fitzpatrick. Do I owe him an apology? Will I owe Dylan Reigns an apology? I don't know. If you want to know if I owe Des Fitzpatrick an apology, you can go to broadwaysportsmedia.com. And as I said, you can find that article on broadwaysportsmedia.com, but only you can only read it if you have an insider pass. And so that's why right now I'm going to bring in someone that can explain the Broadway Sports Insider Pass a little bit better, this new and improved method of getting the best content that Nashville sports has to offer. And that's Easton Freeze, who's director of content of published content or just content. It's the same, right? I mean, it's, like, I mean, it's all it's all the content. It's technically yeah. published content, but I am overseeing all of the content, published and unpublished. Yeah, podcasts, articles, all you videos, all that stuff. Uh, great rollout on Monday. 
um, uh, August 22nd. You got it all rolled out. We got the video explaining a little bit of the stuff that's coming. We made the announcement that Mike Herndon, who ha- who said he did not have enough time for this podcast, hmm. suddenly has time to write articles and do a podcast video exclusively once a week. Don't know how he's doing that and not wanting to do this show. Kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. But imagine. Yeah. But to give everybody a little bit of background that, you know, I there was a board that has been about the board about a year and a half since the inception of Broadway Sports Media. It involved a lot of people and a lot of people with careers that and families. I think that's probably the main one is the family's involvement. Now, while I don't have a family besides a puppy and a wife, I was trying to do a couple different other things and kind of got spread thin. So a few of us backed away from the board position and we elected a new board under in secret. Nobody knew. knew. And part of that reasoning was to be able to provide better content and have people with availability to make sure that content is coming out, that you, the consumer, getting your money's worth and to get new content flowing. So in doing that, one of the guys, Easton here with me, um, he was he's the director of content, but he's kind of spearheaded a lot of the organizing aspects of it all, getting everything you know together. So let's talk about a few of the things that you got going on for Broadway Sports Insider Pass and basically tell the people why the Insider Pass right now this week is the time to go ahead and buy one and get one and what all you get. Yeah, so first of all, like you said, we launched the Broadway Sports Media Broadway Insider Pass today, August 22nd. Uh, It's now live and available for everybody to get. You can get a monthly or an annual pass. Um, The reason why you should get it today or, you know, as soon as possible is financially, there's not going to ever probably be a better time to get the Insider Pass than right now. There is, uh, with this relaunch, we've got two promo codes to get a significant deal uh, on your first uh, charge for the Insider Pass. So if you decide to go the monthly route, you can get your first month for just 99 cents, which is a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. So essentially, try it out for a month. See see how you like it for a dollar. Um, and that's promo code INSIDER. Or you can use promo code ANNUAL to get 40% off of the annual uh, subscription price uh, according to what it would be if you were to pay the standard monthly price. Um, so just 50 bucks to get a year's worth of content. And that content is uh, as follows. We've got a handful of new things, exciting new things that we want to provide to everybody. One of which, like you mentioned, the Mike Herndon show, which is going to be a video and audio show coming out every single week during the NFL season. Um, Thinking it's going to be Thursdays. Not sure about that yet, but probably towards the end of the week, each week, um, it'll be a show hosted by me, but starring Mike Herndon, I'll essentially just be producing and helping walk him through uh, all getting all those great little nuggets of knowledge in his mind out and uh, onto the airwaves for the people. You mentioned the reason, uh, the, the, not the reason, the fact that he he did not have time for this podcast, but suddenly has time for for this video show, uh, which is partially true. It's funny, um, but it's also not entirely true. Uh, Mike just became very busy, and uh, people become less busy when there's money involved. And Mike got a little expensive, uh, but we managed to get Mike back. And uh, you know he. Listen, he deserves it. He's clearly fantastic at what he does, and we're excited to have him back, and he's worth every penny. And so 
I'm excited to have that little bit of Mike Herndon every week. Like you said, that's going to be our only video and audio show that you'll get a little, you'll get a nugget of it each week for free on our flagship podcast feeds. But the full show is going to be available only to our Broadway insiders. So if you want that show each week, you got to get the insider pass. Um, some other exciting things that we're offering with the insider pass, all of our premium articles, like I said in, in our promo video, we at Broadway pride ourselves on providing a ton of really fantastic local content uh, for free, whether that's written, video, audio, social media. We put it out there for free, and that's not going to change. You know, we we are going to continue to put out a significant amount of great free content. However, if you want the very best uh, insider content, you're going to have to get the insider pass, and that's going to allow you to have access to all of our content, both written video, audio, social media. So we will have a handful of premium articles each week that are available only to our Broadway insiders. We'll also have a handful of articles each week that Broadway insiders get early access to. Um, so there'll be certain things that you uh, will get to see a day or two before anybody else, which is exciting for, uh, to be able to offer to our insiders. Like I said, full episodes of the Mike Herndon show. We're going to have some exclusive fantasy leagues and competitions going on year round multiple sports. I can tell you for the NFL season coming up, and this is an announcement that um, we haven't made anywhere yet, so this may be the first place anybody sees it. We're going to be doing three fantasy uh, competitions this NFL season. We've got an NFL Survivor League, an NFL Pick'em Pool, and we've got some exclusive um, fantasy football leagues that we're going to be doing exclusive to our insider members. So if you're an insider uh, at the monthly or annual level, you can enter the Survivor League. You can enter the uh, Pick'em Pool, um, and those have cash prizes involved. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. All of the Broadway staff are going to be uh, playing along as well with you. And then if you get or if you're one of the first people to get our Broadway Annual Pass, um, which it's not filled up yet, you're going to be invited to join our Fantasy League with a couple of uh, Broadway insiders that you know and love, like Zach and myself. We'll be playing along with you, and that'll have a cash prize as well. So those are exciting things that we're going to offer to our insiders, and that'll change year-round. I'm sure we'll do March Madness. We'll do um, – I know the soccer guys have multiple different fantasy ideas um, for the beginning of their season. So there's a lot of things along those lines that are going to be exclusive to our insiders. Also exclusive to our insiders. We're going to be doing private live streams and Q&As on occasion with all of your favorite Broadway insiders and personalities Um We'll have certain live streams and Q&As, especially during the football season. Um, probably a lot of uh, different reaction Q&As and live streams immediately following games that you have to be an insider to get access to. But if you become an insider, that access is going to afford you some premium access to us. You're gonna, we're going to answer every single question. You'll get to speak directly to us, um, and, and we'll have your questions a la carte, just like that for you. And then the last big thing that we can announce now is um, you'll have access to the Broadway Morning Newsletter, which if you're familiar with Rob Greenlaw, our buddy and colleague of Broadway Sports, he uh, does a, a Titans News article on on pretty much every morning during the NFL season. And that's going to be a big part of our transition towards this morning newsletter that we're going to send out. Uh, you're going to have the option to have it emailed to you every single day, every morning, get your daily dose of everything that you missed the day before in the Titans world. We're going to have some soccer content on there as well, I believe. So all things Nashville sports. You'll get a daily update delivered to you uh, right there in your email box should you choose to want that. So those are just a handful of the things that we're announcing now. We have plenty more ideas for down the road. Um, one of the things that we 
talked about in our promo video. I think you talked about it in, in the video, Zach. Um, we also pride ourselves at Broadway on being hyper local and super accessible. Um, we're most of us Nashville natives. We're, we're fans of the city. We love the city. We love the teams in the city. Um, and we love providing the coverage that fans of these teams want and desire that hyper local uh, coverage. That's, that's not fluffy. That's not uh, misinformed. It's, it's in the weeds. It's boots on the ground. It's got a finger on the pulse of the city and the fans and what they want and how they feel about their team. Um, it's a lot more connected. And, and I think our fans, they really desire that. And that's what we're providing at Broadway. And so that's exciting. And, and the best way to get all that, obviously, is to become an insider. Um, so it's an exciting rollout. And, and so we pride ourselves, like I said, being on, on social media, being available to you at any time, no ivory towers no God complexes or, or big egos. We love chatting with y'all and we, we love having that access. And then hopefully down the road, something that we haven't announced, but we'll be announcing in the coming months, hopefully some in-person things that we'll be putting together for our insiders as well. So that's, that's all the info for you right there. Right. Um, but it's exciting. We got a ton. It's a, like, like Braden mentioned on a football show today, there's so much stuff. It's hard to even remember all of it. A lot of exciting things going down um, that we worked really hard on all summer. And it's now come to, fruition well i think i think one of the big things is that accessibility and and i think that they're the way that we're doing is kind of we're expanding the content we have here in nashville we're not expanding to other cities or expanding to a different kind of platform or something like that we're sure. we're staying focused on nashville nashville sports and trying to bring the best coverage and and, I, and, and really when you have mike and you have Trey John Watkins, and you have uh, a bunch of these other people that are writing for us now. We we have new writers popping up all the time, and you all these podcasts and and everything that you got. You you basically got any kind of Titans coverage you want, audio, video, written, whatever you prefer is right here. And and it's just not it's not just football. It's the Predators, it's uh, the 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 soccer team, uh, Nashville Soccer Club. It's there Maybe is be confirmed a, no better option for soccer coverage right. in the world for Nashville SC yeah. than Broadway this Sports. And our soccer guys do an incredible job. Yeah, and if you if maybe you don't feel like soccer's for you, that's okay. I if you are in Nashville, go to a soccer game and I bet that will change your mind a little bit because that's kind of how hockey was for me until I went to a Predators game. I could give a shit about hockey. And then I went to a Predators game I was like, "Whoa, this this is this is insane. This is crazy. This is this is so much fun. And that right there is how you need to approach soccer. Don't turn your nose up at it. Go to a game. Enjoy it. And even if you don't become a diehard fan, that's okay. We we have all kinds of stuff here for you at Broadway. There's something for everyone. And I think that with the this accessibility that's coming, you know, maybe I'll uh you know, toss out a few YouTube links privately for members and maybe you can come in and just yell at me. Maybe I'll just sit there and let you yell at me. Maybe I'll let you roast me. I don't know. You know, maybe mm -hmm. I'll do something different and just let you guys do a, do a mean spirited roast. And, uh, it'll, I think it'll be fun. But I, I think the whole point is, is that the, the way that we're approaching things now is much more organized and there's an actual, plan in place to pr keep producing content even through the titans off season and basically 365 days a year 366 on leap year you're getting some kind of uh, 
premium content that you're not going to get anywhere else. You, you, you got people that do articles, premium articles. You got people that do Q&As and AMAs and all that stuff. But let me say something. None of it's ever going to be as fun or as good or high quality as what you're getting at Broadway Sports. That's right. And I'll, I'll add this. Um, like you just said, not only is it going to be as fun or as high quality, you're not going to get nearly the diversity of, of thought and content that you'll get at Broadway because we have so many fantastic and very different writers and broadcasters. That's a, a big strength of ours. And along those same lines, there are certain other people in town who do a fantastic job with their websites, their premium articles, their behind the paywall um, subscriptions. Like, and, and I, I love and consume a lot of that content myself, but for only $6.99 a month, which is the, the full price, that's not even the deal that you're going to get for your first payment. For $6.99 a month, you're getting content from an army of people. Unlike other sites where it's you're getting from one, two, three different folks, you're going to be getting content from 20 plus people working on writing and broadcasting and social media-ing and tweeting. And it's it's a, an army of us here at Broadway that that are all rowing in the same direction. And we're going to be providing all of that content to you on a, on a regular basis for, for the price of a cocktail a month. Um, so it, uh, you really cannot get a better deal than that. I think in terms of the quantity um, versus the quality. Yeah. So that's, that's the Broadway insider pass in a nutshell. That's the new Broadway sports that this is everything that you are wanting out of Tennessee Titans, Nashville soccer club, Nashville Predators, Nashville sports coverage. You're wanting it all in one place. This is the place to get it. Before you leave Easton, make sure to give everybody the codes and uh, just real quick and the the deal and how long it's good for. Absolutely. So the deal um, is good for at least the next two weeks. Can neither confirm or deny whether it'll go on beyond then. So you definitely should jump on it now while I can confirm at least two weeks you're going to be able to have this deal. And the deal is. The regular price for the monthly subscription, $6.99 a month, but you can get that first month for just $0.99 cents if you uh, subscribe today and use the promo code INSIDER, I-N-S-I-D-E-R, INSIDER, to get $0.99 cents, uh, for your first month. Or if you get the annual pass, this is certainly the best deal. You're not going to get a better deal than this on any Broadway subscription of any kind ever again, to say. You can get it for 40% off the total regular monthly price at only $49.99. Use the code annual uh, to get that deal on the uh, the annual pass and your, your first year will be just 50 bucks, um, which comes out to, I think, around five bucks a month. Um, so definitely check those things out. Well, we lost Easton. I, I waited a little bit, but we lost him here. Uh, I think he, he's usually got a little bit of internet. So check that out, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Uh, we'll be good to go from there. Are you back, Easton? Hey, I'm back. You want me to just redo that real quick? Yeah, so you left off, uh, so I think it was check this out or something, but you can redo um, the $4.99, start from $49.99, start from that. Okay. So for $49.99 a year, just 50 bucks a year, you can get the annual pass code annual to get that uh, first year for just $49.99. And that comes out to five bucks a month or something or less like it, it that's that's a drop in the bucket for incredible content so go check that out especially if you want to be in on the uh fantasy leagues with cash prizes with zach and myself and a couple other guys that you know you got to get that annual pass and you got to get it fast because if you're not one of the first couple to get it 
you're not going to be in. So definitely check those things out. And we're excited uh, for what uh, the future holds here at Broadway. Well, thanks, Easton, for coming on. That's broadwaysportsmedia.com. Become an insider today at the in- Go Get Your Insider Pass while the deals are hot because they're they're so hot. They're they're hotter. It's like Rashawn Evans' hair is on fire hot. That's so how hot. hot it is. Yeah, so that's hot. right. Thanks to Easton Freeze for dropping in and talking about the Broadway Insider Pass. Go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and get your Broadway Insider Pass. And use promo code INSIDER to get $0.99 cents off your, on your first month. That's pretty good. $0.99 cents for one month. You know, let, let's let's do it. Let's get at it. There's going to be all kinds of exciting things like Easton explained on the pipeline. Speaking of exciting things, I think it's okay to get hype about this team. Now, this is strictly to get hype about the regular season. But... I think there's a lot going on in this team that there are way, things that you should be looking forward to. I think people are are really down in the dumps or really it's we're already at mid-season Titans Twitter form. Everybody's talking about the backup quarterback position and I go back and forth are they going to keep two or are they going to keep three is is Logan Woodside going to be on the practice squad who's quarterback two all this stuff And then there are people out there that act like this is the first, uh, you know, we're only talking about this because Malik Willis and and blah, blah. Listen, you may be new to Titans Twitter, but ever since Logan Woodside has existed, hell, you can even go back to Ryan Tannehill when he was a backup. The backup quarterback position has been talked about every offseason. And Logan Woodside's won a lot of battles as the backup quarterback. Does that mean I think that he's decisively won this battle? From my view, no. From the team's view, I still think they're kind of attached to him. I do agree with some sentiment out there that possibly that they're they're looking at... It's not Logan Woodside versus Malik for quarterback two. It's Logan Woodside's spot on the roster and as quarterback two with possibly a veteran. Could that be... Former offensive coordinator candidate Sean Mannion, who may get cut from the Minnesota Vikings. That would give Buck ulcers. I would just never not talk about Sean Mannion. For those who don't get that joke, well, you got to go back. Go search at F-WordsPod and Sean Mannion in Manuary, and you'll be able to find it on Twitter. But that's kind of the sense I'm getting from the team. Does that make it the correct approach from my point of view? No, not really. I think people downplay what it takes to be a quarterback to win a game if you were the backup quarterback coming in. It obviously depends on how far behind you are if you were coming in as far as the team. it obviously Because if the team is ahead, can't Malik just turn around and, and hand it off just as much as Logan Woodside can? Can't? Malik run the same plays that Logan Woodside is going to be asked to because if they're ahead it's going to if they're ahead like 20 to 10 you know what they're going to do run run short pass run run short pass run 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 Malik can do that now if it's coming in to win you a game and the way that this team has shown that it wants to stretch the field It may not give you the best chance, but I think that 
if you're trying to find out if Malik's the future or not, it's it's the chance that I would take. I don't think that keeping Logan Woodside and putting I've changed my tune about this a little bit. I still this is how I've always felt. I don't think this is how the team feels. But I think that Malik can still give you the best chance to win even if you come from behind because he has the running element. I get that Logan Woodside is doing what he's being asked to, but he's still not... His arm talent is not letting him execute all the throws that need to be executed. And at the end of the day, if you're trying to win a game and from behind your arm needs to be able to make all those throws. And if they're just going to dink and dunk when Logan Woodside gets in, well, guess who else can do that? Malik Willis. So, me personally, I wouldn't keep three quarterbacks. I would just keep Malik Willis and let the dominoes fall where they may for the practice squad. But I'm still not sure that this team feels that way. In fact, I would still venture to bet that they're going to keep three quarterbacks. Outside of the future, I think that in the present, there's a lot to get excited about. The defensive line, and specifically the defense, and I I think that the the, the cornerback situation, the secondary situation is top-notch. The starting two linebackers are great. The outside linebackers are healthy and they're effective. This is a really exciting team. Do Should you care if Caleb Farley actually gets that little asterisk next to his name that says that he was a starter? Nah, not at all. That shouldn't concern you. In fact, I'm going to write an article next week. Next week's The Zack Attack is going to be about why snaps just really don't... The, the, the starter title doesn't really matter. It's really irrelevant for multiple positions on this particular team. But the way that they're going to be able to attack opposing offenses with McCreary, with uh, Farley, with Fulton, with Molden, with Theo Jackson, with you know Chance Campbell and Zach Cunningham and all these pieces, it's, a, it's, it's, it's about matchups. And they looked across the league at Russell Wilson coming over, and he has three great wide receivers. They're looking over at the Chargers, who have, you know, three good wide receivers, one elite one. You know, they, they're four deep. You know, the, the Broncos are three deep. These don't even include tight ends. You know, the, the Chiefs are getting... It's just Patrick Mahomes, I think, is elevating everybody at some point. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay. You're looking at these teams that have added so much offensive weaponry. The Raiders comes to mind. The Bills are are three or four deep. When you look at that, that's why they invested in McCreary. That's why that uh, even though fans have given up on Caleb Farley, they haven't. There's a reason why when Farley comes in, McCreary gets kicked inside. It's all about matchups. And so you should be getting excited that this team is probably going to show you a bunch of stuff that you've never seen before and that these offenses have never seen before. To me, that's that's exciting. That's great. That's awesome. 
So get excited about this defense. Get excited about the regular season because it's just right around the corner. And I think you can get excited about Ryan Tannehill. Now, I say that. And I will always say this. No matter how well Ryan Tannehill plays in the regular season, it's fine. It's great. I'm, I'm cool with it because that gets you in the playoffs, right? But he better deliver in the in the play in the playoffs. That's that's the bar. The bar isn't oh well, Ryan Tana. Well, the bar for me, because the bar for the team may be a little bit lower. The bar for me is it doesn't matter that he got back to 2019 Ryan Tannehill and then he goes and turns into 2021, 2020, or 2019 Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. I need regular season Ryan Tannehill from 2019, 2020, around that in the playoffs. But what you've heard from everybody, media members, the staff, fans in attendance there, other players, he himself, this is a confident, chip-on-the-shoulder attitude Ryan Tannehill. Whether that translates to on-field success or not, we'll see, especially in the regular season, especially in the playoffs. But I think you can be excited, especially if you're a fantasy football player and you like drafting Titans players. I think you can be excited about this team. And I go back to Traylon Burks, who has been running open on a lot of plays, sometimes wide, sometimes NFL open in the preseason. And people are concerned because he's not getting targets. They're box score scouting. Let me put those concerns to rest. Ryan Tannehill makes those throws. The, the, the routes that he's running are A.J. Brown-like routes. Now, I'm not saying that he's running them as well as A.J. Brown or anything, but I'm saying that he's running the same kind of routes that A.J. Brown is known to run. And Ryan Tannehill loves to target those routes. He, you can see it in practice, from practice reports. They already have chemistry. You can't use the excuse that this team starts off slow because of a lack of chemistry. Ryan Tannehill's been out there. Robert Woods has been out there. Chico Conquo has been out there. Traylon Burks has been out there. Nick Westbrook-Kine's been out there. Everybody important has been out there outside of Nate Davis. But everybody important has been out there. So you cannot use the chemistry excuse if they start slow. Do not come into my mentions. Do not post a tweet. Because you will get called out on that saying, well, that's a lack of chemistry. That's not an excuse. Would it be good if they got a preseason rep? Yes. Do we know if they will? No. But am I as worried as I was last year about all that? Not at all. Because as I said, everybody's been healthy and everybody's been playing. You got to remember last year, it, hardly anybody was healthy and anybody was playing, even in the offseason, that translated in the regular season. So there is your reason to get excited about the offense and get excited about the defense. Now let's turn it over to Trey and talk about what he's seen at camp and let's sit down and talk to him. Trey John Watkins with us here today at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And Trey, uh, they can follow you on Twitter at TreyWatkins099. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot to talk about today with you in particular because you've actually been representing Broadway Sports out at camp. You've been doing some great training camp videos after the uh, kind of rehashing 
everything that you saw. But first, mm-hmm. you give people a little bit of background on how long you've been Titans fan, you know, how long you've been riding, stuff like that. Uh, well, I was a Titans fan, you know, ever since I started comprehending really the basis of football because I lived in Nashville all my life and I grew up playing ball and I just wanted a team to root for. So I just started rooting for the Titans, I guess. Um, it was, it wasn't really just a passionate sort of start for me as a fan, but it was just me saying, okay, sure. The Titans are here. Uh, let's just root for them. And turned out, you know, as I grew up, I started getting more passionate about the sport, started watching a lot more of the sport and I started comprehending a lot more about the game and about this franchise in general. So, um, when I was still in high school, I saw how some of the other guys connected to the team were trying to write. And I said, I wanted to do that as well. So um, in high school, I started writing, um, really just trying to get my feet wet and trying to get some more experience. And over the last few years, when I graduated high school, gotten into college, I feel like I've gotten a lot better as a writer. And I feel like I've gotten a lot better in terms of my knowledge about the game. So um, that's really the background about me. It's nothing too interesting, but um, it's my own personal journey. So there it is. The um, the what's the latest article that you wrote for Broadway Sports Media? Was it the Dylan Radens one? Uh, uh, it it was um, the one about Des Fitzpatrick and how he's really trying to progress through his way in camp and simply just trying to fight for a roster spot after what happened during his rookie year last year. So that's the latest one right there. Well, I wrote an article on Monday detail, mm-hmm. detailing, uh, do I owe Des Fitzpatrick an apology? Because I, mm-hmm. I slandered the man relentlessly, and uh, ever since he got drafted, it'd be like day one, it was like Rashawn Evans slander, Des Fitzpatrick slander right there mm-hmm. with it. Do yeah. I owe Des Fitzpatrick an apology, you think? Uh, I think maybe somewhat of an apology, because a lot of the slander... That was thrown towards Dexter's Patrick made it seem like he was the worst wide receiver to ever step on the field and play the game of football. So, um, no, I, I think Dexter's Patrick has looked better this year. Um, certainly, you know, during the time that was over there, he was still a little bit inconsistent. Um, and I think that has to, you know, of course, do with the fact that he's still a second year trying to learn the offense. And the fact that Des, you know, Des talked to me about this after practice, um, after um, I attended one of the practices the last couple of weeks. Uh, you said he's trying to learn a lot more of the positions in the offense, not just concepts and uh, the plays, obviously, in the offense. He's trying to learn a lot more positions in the offense so uh, he can be a lot more versatile and so he can step in and do whatever the Titans ask of him to do if they indeed call his number. So um, he's still certainly inconsistent, of course, and he's still young, and he's, you know, that's probably to be expected because of the way. Uh, his whole situation played out when he first got to Tennessee during his rookie year and everything just went out of whack. So certainly still still inconsistent, but he's getting better, of course. And uh, we'll see if that'll be enough for him to stick around uh, when final cutdown day comes this upcoming weekend, I believe. Yeah, I, I think that if you were to look at all the wide receivers that have been playing for the preseason game, mm-hmm. I would think that Dev Patrick has solidified himself as the number six be- just because of everything. It's the whole body of work, right? He mm-hmm. won the offseason award. They unprompted would talk about Dev Fitzpatrick, which I thought was always a good sign about his status with the team. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing everything that they, they ask him to do. He's out there run blocking. You saw it in game one on a couple of replays when you're going through the, the film. He's out there run blocking and he's doing it successfully. And you know, he's catching a lot of balls and 
Sure, he's had, I think, one bad play this past weekend. No, his last weekend in the fourth quarter. But there were tons of times in game one where he is wide open and Logan Woodside and Malik Willis refused to throw it to him for whatever reason because they didn't see the field. So I, I think that he is going to be probably, I think he's secure in his spot and he's secure as the number six wide receiver. Yeah, and, you know, based on, you know, the past couple of weeks, like you alluded to, I would tend to really side with your way of thinking, um, you know, mostly because, um, of course, Desmond Paxton has played well, but also because the competition around him just hasn't really made or really just stepped up and made, you know, some moments to where they could say, hey, I can still this spot. Mason Kinsey hasn't been all that impressive. Uh, Reggie Roberson just played his first game, preseason game, uh, the other night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, we don't know how the Titans feel about him at this point. So yeah, based on what everything, based on everything that's really you know occurred with Desmond Patrick this off season, I, I would really tend to agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, well, the big topic is you know obviously Malik Willis, right? Mm-hmm. Malik Willis, this Malik Willis, that, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that. Uh, I would say can't handle him being criticized. It's kind of like the Mariota stuff where, mm-hmm. uh, why are you criticizing this player? I mean, he's a rookie. For Marcus, it was, why are you criticizing him? He's a nice guy. And yeah. I think it's our job as analysts and writers and media people to critique and write about the players that are actually playing. I mean, I don't understand what people want us to do. Malik is playing. I've kind of come around that the team can win a game in a pinch if Ryan Tannehill goes down with injury and he can be, um, he Malik can come into the game and he can win. I I don't think that they should keep two quarterbacks. I'm still got this lingering feeling that they will. What's your overall thoughts on Malik Willis and your overall thoughts on the quarterback two battle? I think my overall thoughts, first off, on the QB2 battle was the fact that, you know, Logan Woodside basically let Malik Willis run his way into the competition and allowed Malik Willis to have an ideal and a real shot of securing that QB2 spot. I said this last year when uh, Logan Woodside was battling for the QB2 spot with um, Matt Barkley. Logan Woodside, and I'm, and I'm sorry, but Logan Woodside's just not the type of guy you would want to start. And like you said, coming in a pinch if Ryan Tannehill or whoever the starter is gets hurt or somehow can't split or somehow can't play. Um, not to say that the guy is the worst quarterback to ever step on the field. It's just that I don't think he's all, all that particularly good. And um, I think the Titans feel the same way. You know, they came and brought Matt Barkley in last year. Matt Barkley almost beat him despite not having a lot of time to learn the offense and get those reps. Uh, and this year, Malik Willis, you know, just him and his upside and him just developing might uh, help Malik Willis steal a QB two spot alone over Logan Woodside. So um, Logan Woodside is, is really probably the big reason why this QB two battle was even a thing at this point. Um, and on Malik Willis, um, I, I think, and I'll keep this short because I don't want to ramble on, but, um, I'll probably echo the same sentiment a lot of other people I said regarding Willis, that Willis simply is refusing. Well, I won't say refusing, but he's been super hesitant to let the ball rip and trust what he sees and trust his arm down the field. Um, I don't know what it is. Could be a psychological issue. Could be something where he's not trusting 
uh, what he sees because, you know, maybe he's thinking of something else different, you know, in terms of scheme, concept, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but uh, he's just not letting it rip. Um, but as we saw against Tampa Bay, he did have a nice play of the game where he took a nice three, four-step drop uh, and hit that backside dig here that the Titans love to run so much with the wide receivers. So who knows? Um, Malik Willis will continue to develop, of course. And I don't, I don't know if I would be comfortable to say Malik Willis will be ready to win a game um, in a pinch. Maybe, and maybe due to the fact because his athleticism is so supreme for the quarterback spot. We saw what happened with Lamar Jackson in his rookie year when the Ravens called upon him. He was asked to do a, a lot of uh, athletic stuff with his legs because he just wasn't that developed as a passer yet. So um, I think Malik Willis is doing fine. Just needs some more time to develop. Um, and we'll see what happens after that. But right now, um, of course, it looks like a rookie, a raw rookie. We just need some time. Well, I tell you a guy who's gotten some time and he's obviously even today, you can, you, you knew at the end of the game and then today at the presser end at practice, uh, today mm -hmm. is Monday when we're recording this, mm -hmm. Dylan Radins has lost a right tackle job. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty apparent the Dylan in, Nicholas Petit Ferrer has taken that over. He he won it fair and square. It it was a decisive battle that ended on game two um Saturday night. And they're doing what we talked about, what me and Braden talked about on a football show. And they're doing what I, I basically tweeted out, not saying that I am the reason that they're doing this, because everybody kind of thought this is what they should be doing. They tried out Dylan Radins at left guard today under the guise of there are people with injuries, quotation marks. Yeah. Obviously, that's probably the best spot on him. And Braden believes that the best the best version of this offensive line and with the best five players would be Taylor Lewan, Dylan Radins, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Nicholas Petit Ferrer. Yeah. You talked to you've talked about Dylan Radins on BroadwaySportsMedia.com. You you have a few articles. What can they salvage him at guard? That's tough. <laughs> That's so tough because I really thought, and based off what Mike Rabel and the staff have really said and his teammates as well have said about Dylan Raidens this offseason, you know, before camp started, was that Raidens looked good, looked much better compared to his rookie year, looked in much better shape, understood a lot more about the offense, and uh, his own personal skill set and what he had to do on the field. But when it got on to the game setting during the preseason, just like his rookie year, fell flat on his face. And it wasn't just a couple errors here and there. They were multiple errors here, multiple errors along the offensive line. And they were obvious and blatant. So uh, I, it's just tough, you know, to see what the Titans could really do with Dylan Radins. I, I think in terms of them being able to salvage him, I think they can – uh, take away the fact that, okay, he's not good at right tackle, obviously. So, uh, like you said, during practice today, and they did this in his rookie year as well, just move him around and see where he can, see where he can play. Um, I get the feeling that playing on the left side of the offensive line is probably the best possible situation for him. Uh, because even at his one game at left, at left tackle last season, and of course it's only a one-game sample size, but he looked much better at left tackle you know, against a bunch of 49ers starters uh, during, you know, his multiple games at right tackle during his rookie year against a bunch of backups in the preseason last season. So uh, I, I think they can salvage them. They just start moving them around and seeing what 
you know, what spot is best for him, you know, like you said, just working him at left guard today and seeing where he can really play. So uh, they can salvage him, but it just all really depends on him at this point, because I believe he's a, a player that has the tools to, to succeed. Uh, it's just, uh, just putting it all together and having some good play out there. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I think that the left side is the better option for him. I've I've mm-hmm. kind of said that from the get-go, when they got Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, maybe the plan is is to sit Nicholas Petit-Ferrer at the very uh, for the whole year, let Dylan Reigns play right tackle, then get Taylor Lewan out of here because of contract and money and all that stuff, and put Raiden's on the left and NPF on the right because those are their natural positions of strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I know people really love the San Francisco game and love to quote uh, everything that comes of it. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve some praise for that. Yeah. But there were chips involved in all that kind of stuff and putting some tight ends over to help him out. So I don't know, it's hard, unless it's just for whatever reason, Tampa Bay is his kryptonite. Because remember, <laughs> he had a horrible year last year against Tampa Bay too. <laughs> I, I Maybe it's just his kryptonite. I don't know if you have in Dylan Radins a tackle, mm-hmm. but if you can get a starting offensive line position out of him at a second round pick, it may not be tackle, but if you get a left guard spot, which you're probably we're going to have to fill next year anyway, the, after this season, and mm-hmm. he can be that, then I think you salvaged the pick. Do you agree with that? I think I agree. Um, I was just thinking about it. I was like, okay, maybe if they're working out, working him out of left guard, you know, I, I'm just trying to see what their urgency level is, you know, in terms of them trying to salvage anything out of him. Um, of course, next year, he, he's, you know, going to be here next year, but I'm just wondering to see if they really, you know, are they really all that confident Aaron Brewer to where they say, okay, let's see if we can give him a look uh, and see, you see if he look a little bit better with Aaron Brewer. But just the sense that Aaron Brewer is probably there at left guard, that it's probably the starter there. So who knows, though? Yeah, it's it's gonna be hard to unseat Aaron Brewer because the staff obviously likes him. But mm-hmm. if you if you're worried about Aaron Brewer's size, then you got someone with similar athleticism to Dylan Raiden's who's much bigger. So mm-hmm. you know if he can, what you want to see is your second round pick, who who may or may not have been overdrafted a little bit. He was one of the better t- tackle prospects last year in a pretty down class, in my opinion. Yeah. If you get him up to speed and you can get him to beat out the undrafted free agent left guard, then I think that despite how much you love Aaron Brewer, he is best served as a come in the middle of the game, play a game. If someone gets injured or, you know, eventually maybe next year your Ben Jones replacement. Cause at this point you're still in 2023 you're looking at needing a center more than likely mm-hmm. needing a guard of some sort, because in, if Nate Davis can't stay healthy, I don't know what's going on with him They're They have yeah. issues there. Maybe they can get him on a discount and then you may have your left tackle position open too. I mean, at some point Dylan Raiden's to ease the Titans concern has to work out. And I think his mm-hmm. best shot is hopefully at this left guard spot. Yeah, 100%. And that's a good point you bring up on the center spot. Ben Jones isn't getting any younger at all. Yeah. And he's dealt with some injury concerns as well over the past couple of seasons. So um, 
who knows what what will happen at that position. That actually has me thinking a little bit now with the whole Aaron Brewer and uh, the whole Dylan Raiden situation. Now they will intertwine. So um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought you brought up. Yeah. yeah, it seems to me that the best case scenario is NPF takes over the right tackle spot, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know you have your left guard spot taken over by Dylan Raidens, and then you keep re-sign Nate Davis, you move Aaron Brewer over to center, and now you only have to worry about one spot, technically, and that's your left yeah. tackle spot. And and if Taylor Lewan has a rebound kind of year, and he continues to want to play, and he plays at a high level, you might as well just turn some of that money in, into an extension and try not to have to worry about offensive line for at least one more year in the draft. Yeah, and that's probably the best case, like you said, the best case scenario, because the Titans have had too many seasons uh, during this period of them trying to win where they've had to worry about the offensive line. They've never had uh, a, a, you know, a solidified starting five without, you know, the amount of questions that they've had. Um, of course, we had the combo of Taylor Wan, Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, uh, and, you know, Dennis Kelly, Dennis Kelly slash Questenberry the last couple of years, but that starting five didn't come without questions, especially Roger Saffold, who was dealing with almost every single type of injury known to man every single week. And Kelly, you know, he had his concerns. And Questenberry, of course, last year, you know, you know his status as maybe as a, a reserve guy. Uh, and, you know, after he started out pretty well, he fell off in quality as well. So um, they need, they really need um, a, a solidified starting five without too much concern because this whole reshuffling of the offensive line is quite frankly getting a little old and quite frankly getting a little too uh, headache-inducing, I should say, for John Robinson and the rest of that staff because it's hard to find good quality offensive linemen in this league, especially for a team that really wants to win and really wants to win now. So uh, they need a good solidified starting five without too many questions because it's starting to get, uh, quite frankly, a little annoying at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, so give me something or someone, and it could be a few things if you have a few, that surprised you from training camp about this team. That surprised me from training camp about this team? Um, of course, I have to start with Logan Woodside. Uh, I, I Like I said, I never was all that fond of Logan Woodside, but I didn't think he's his performance as a whole would give way to Malik Willis, potentially still in that QB2 spot. I just really didn't think that at all. Uh, so we got our little uh, our little surprise there. Kyle Phillips, of course, um, just this I'm, I'm not trying to gush over Kyle Phillips, of course, but his change of direction is quite frankly extremely expre- extremely impressive for a wide receiver. You know, maybe it helps the fact that he's super small <laughs> uh, and he has good footwork, but uh, his change of direction is really really nice, and it's fun to watch him work on the field and. Uh, really show his savvy as a route technician, um, which I really think will help the Titans' offense a lot this year. And uh, I guess I'll throw in one more thing. Uh, it's interesting. That's tough, actually. Um, maybe I'll say Chance Campbell. or Yeah, yeah I'll say Chance Campbell because I was a little bit interested in him and his situation considering the backup and, you know, deaf inside linebacker situation just wasn't all that crazy entering this year, even after the draft. So, uh, he's played well in camp. He's, you know, started to get some good snaps in during the preseason game. So um, if he can stick, he'll be a nice uh, special teams piece, maybe if the Titans view him that way. And I think he'll be a nice run-stuffing uh, linebacker that can bring some juice in case he ever needs to play. So that's that's one thing I've actually been 
watching I've been surprised, you know, with during Titans camp whenever I've won. I think Chance Campbell's your David Long replacement almost. Like he he's got some super athletic ability. He knows how to read yeah. the you know the offense and run the defense. They've they've put a lot on him. So I've been very I think that's a very underrated storyline mm-hmm. is the fact that this team continually can make smaller linebackers into competent and maybe above average linebackers in this system. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the the amount of basically responsibility that they've been forced into giving Chance Campbell, because we don't really know with you know no Monty Rice, no Dylan Cole, obviously they're not playing David Long or Zach Cunningham. If maybe Monty Rice and Dylan Cole were healthy, how much would the, would he be starting? But they but in the the pinch that they've been in at the linebacker spot, he's come in performed admirably for a six round rookie. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of crazy, and I think that's a very underrated storyline about this team is the fact they continually to develop linebackers that kind of defy the the norm for that mm-hmm. position players that you know they're not big they're not rangy but they're they're athletic and they they do what they're supposed to do they execute their assignments yeah and that just goes back to the whole point of Mike Rebel that staff really preaching the fundamentals and the technique of everything I mean if you're playing on defensive line you're playing of course inside linebacker corner or safety any position that uh, that Mike Rebel and this team will count on you to play on they really preach the fundamentals and the technique of the position because of course what it boils down to uh is the of course the technique and fundamentals. It just brings me back to uh, and this was a clip that I saw over the offseason. Um it was comparing uh the reaction uh and the ability to get range and depth when you get sucked in on play action as an inside linebacker. I saw two clips of David Long uh and Rashad Evans. Uh, I believe it was James Foster who tweeted that clip. Uh David Long did an excellent job of Simply, when he got brought in, brought in on play action, he bit the fake. He, he just simply ran back and started to get depth so he can vacate the, the you know the space that was filled when he bit on play action. Rashawn Evans looked a little bit confused and just didn't immediately get depth and led to a pass across the middle. So it's all about the technique and fundamentals, and uh, I think that can help you overcome a lot of uh, different things. Uh, maybe not you know overcome the supreme athletic uh, difference that you might come across if you're, you know, let's say a rangy linebacker versus a run stuffing linebacker that isn't as twitchy or rangy. But yeah, it just boils down to what Mike Vrabel and that staff really preach about and it's really helped with development of linebackers over the past couple of years. Maybe not Rashawn Evans, but yeah. <laughs> certainly helped with David Log. I don't, I don't uh, think anybody can help Rashawn Evans. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that uh, is capable of doing that. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, what are your expectations for this team for this season? And and let me say that this show is called football and other efforts and you haven't dropped one fuck in anything. So you, I demand that you use the word fuck at some point throughout your uh, setting expectations for this team. Okay. I'll, I'll try to slowly lay it in there. Um, probably my expectations for this team. Um, to, of course, number one, make the playoffs, missing the playoffs, unacceptable, unacceptable. Even with the departure of AJ Brown and sort of the questions surrounding the offense, um, of course, make the playoffs. Um, of course, I, I wouldn't say you know expect to win the division because the Titans' schedule looks a little bit difficult, especially around uh, the, the early to middle part of the season was a little bit difficult. 
Um, but at least compete heavily for the division. Because I, I think the Colts are going to at least get the Titans run for their money because Matt Ryan is most certainly an upgrade over Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. Um, and number three, I won't say this um, in terms of expectations, but I'll say this is probably a goal for the Titans. Stay fucking healthy. Just I like stay it. healthy, man. Just stay healthy, man. Just stay healthy. I'm, I'm sure the Titans don't want to go through an injury disaster like they went through last year. Because last year, you know, despite the job that Mike Rabel did and plugging guys in and guys being able to contribute, you know, normally when they, you know, not normally when they're not playing a, a significant amount of snaps, they just got to stay healthy. They they can't go through a crappy injury situation like they had last year. So. That's probably a goal instead of an expectation for me. Well, that will do it for uh, today, Trey. I appreciate you coming on. What do you have working on the pipeline? Maybe you haven't started it yet, but what kind of article ideas you got in the back of your head? Um, I actually just finished an article yesterday regarding the development of Malik Willis and how it might differ compared to the style of a, you know, the development style of a traditional. Uh, NFL quarterback prospect. So um, that might sound a little vague, but once you read the article, you'll get a better sense of what I'm trying to explain to you. So that, that's probably, that's really what I'm working on. I'm excited for it. You can follow uh, all of Trajan's um, articles and everything at broadwaysportsme.com. You'll find them all there. You can follow him on Twitter, and you should follow him on Twitter because he does these great videos when he get, goes out to training camp at TreyWatkins099. Thanks for coming on, Trey, and I really appreciate it. No problem, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with us through football and other F-words. Make sure to go to Jaspers. Don't forget about the contest, but head to Jaspers. Get Try to win some beer and food on me. How often can you have most of your bar tab reimbursed for you? Just get it done. I mean, I've got Venmo. i got PayPal. I'll, I'll find a way to get you the money. Go to Jasper's, take a picture, eat some really good food, and tell all your friends. Because let me say something. Once you go and you have food there and you have your drinks and you get to watch a game there, you're going to understand why I am so excited when I talk about this place. You, I go there any chance I get when I'm down in Nashville. I try to stop in at Jasper's and go. They have skee-ball. They have Jenga. They have a whole game room filled with arcade games. They have the little basketball game that you can play, like, you know, Dave and Buster's and all that kind of stuff. They have all kinds of stuff. They have a big projector room. They have outdoor seating. They even have a little, uh, I guess you would call it a, a, a mercantile store. I don't know, something like that. But they have all kinds of stuff. It's just such a cool place. It's gr- They got free parking. And easy parking. Maybe I should lead off with that. They have free and easy parking in a ton of it. It's downtown Nashville. How often can you go to a restaurant and not have to valet or not have to go pay for parking? Head to Jasper's. They have free parking. For that, for the very least, you should go in, get a beer, and get uh, some chicken wings, especially for their happy hour, which is 4 to 6. My name is Zach Lines. This has been Football Under the F-Words. You can follow me on Twitter at F-WordsPod. BroadwaySportsMedia.com has the Insider Pass. Make sure you head over there today. Head over to the 440 Sports uh, Network and their YouTube page. Subscribe, turn on notifications. Enjoy all the sports content that we have at BroadwaySportsMedia.com and 440 Sports. This has been Football Under the F-Words, and you have just been F'd.
a Broadway sports media production.